T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Time now for the WEEI Producers Show on WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. That's right. It is the WEI producer show. Tyler Devitt alongside John Anderson, Ryan Garvin, the producer show produced as always by Nick Lapan. Uh, John and Ryan, big question for you guys. Good morning. Big everybody. answer for you. Uh, big answer required here at uh, 8 o'clock in WEI. Is milk for perverts because it took over the station and I didn't really understand the logic behind the milk is for perverts take. I understand not liking milk. But milk being for perverts caught me off guard by uh, by one Megan Adelini this week. Yeah, it was a very, very strong way to start our Thursday show. Maybe that's show. a question you should ask China. Oh, we will ask them. <laughs> I, we'll call them the Harbor One. My, my new favorite drop this I week. enjoy milk. I, I don't go out of my way to drink it as a 32-year-old adult. But if milk is presented to me, then I'm not going to turn my nose up at it. I don't think that it's a, a thing exclusively for perverts. The thing that she said about that that got me was I think Lou asked if she puts it in her cereal, and she said she eats her cereal dry, which is way more... Yeah, so that, eat, that's more psychotic your cereal than, not, than not drinking milk. If you eat your cereal dry, especially out of the spite for milk, that is, that's crazy behavior. And this was hours before she drank, I think, one and a half vanilla milkshakes to down the one-chip oh. challenge. Suddenly, when milk comes knocking at your doorstep, suddenly, oh, yeah. suddenly a big milk guy, oh, huh, Mego? You think you're too highfalutin to drink milk because <laughs> uh, you think it's for perverts? I, I have no idea. That was a bizarre take. I, I don't Interesting have a, I'm not going to have a glass of milk. I don't do that anymore. But one thing, as somebody with uh, myriad stomach problems, some almond milk and a bowl of raisin bran is like the best thing that's ever happened to me. So, and, uh, But that's basically it. No more no more milk and coffee. I go plain yogurt. Is that like uh, a delicious oh, snack? He needs some milk. What is that I don't from? You guys have hammered that drop. I, I, I've heard the it's drop. A, it's a really old. I think this, this kid gets like punched out or something and this like this woman says that. He needs some milk. Kid got punched out and her solution was milk? Yeah, I think it's a World Star video. Did it <laughs> of work? Of course it's a World Star video. I can't imagine that worked. You, you just pour it over him and cross your fingers and wait for the paramedics <laughs> yeah. to show up. I think that's, that's what they did great. to Jesus. Could you milk me? Uh, so uh. the milk is for perverts take to, uh, pissed off a lot of people on the Jaylen station. Mills about it. I heard. Was he pro-milk or anti-milk? He was a cereal guy. That was where his mind went to first. He's like, sure. I mean, I, he, was, I, mean yeah. he was like, I put milk in cereal. He's like, I'm not really, I'm not really sitting down and having a glass of milk with the boys. The one, the one time that, I mean, the one instance, obviously though, in milk, like, you know, various milk beverages that are in, in style around holiday season. But also I, you know, I'm a, I'm a hoe for a white Russian. Oh, 
Oh, yes, absolutely. White Russians are so incredible. I went on a cruise once, and you buy, like, the all-you-could-drink, like, uh, drink package, and you get 15 drinks per day. And it was a fifteen. You get fifteen drink Man, tickets. And they match you up. That's I, like that's like when uh, when Michael Scott goes to the liquor store and he's like, <laughs> yeah. "Is this going to be enough to get fifteen people wasted? Nineteen <laughs> bottles of vodka? Yeah, that should do it. Uh, that would do it." So you max out at fifteen drinks per day, fifteen drink tickets, and it's like well drinks. And so I always went up and ordered a white Russian because I'm I was freshly twenty one. I was like, I don't really uh, want this. Is like uh, this is the best taking, uh, best tasting booze drink. Oh, it tastes like chocolate milk. Yeah. I think I'd, I weighed like nine pounds heavier after the trip. Uh, I mean, that thing will put some oh, yeah. weight on you. All that cream you, you stuff. Yeah, you definitely can't have like five white Russians. Yeah, either, though. You can have like two or three and get away with it. Yeah. But it's, you know what yeah, I want with my liquor? Dairy. Yeah. That's a delicious combination. Put some Kahlua in there. Bailey. Now you got me thinking about dry cereal the people. And the dry cereal people, I think, are way more concerning than the anti-no crowd. Because, yeah, Jalen, uh, Gresham Keefe did ask Jalen Mills about it. He's like, yeah, you know, I like a bowl of cereal. I like, what do you say, fruity pebbles? Hell yeah. I think he said, he, he didn't say Cocoa Puffs. He said the, what's the other, what's pebbles? the other chocolate one? I think he might have said that Cocoa. That was thing. He might have said Cocoa, Cocoa Pebbles, Pebbles, and then Gresh, Gresh was like, uh, That's yeah. A, just get some chocolate milk. I mean, what are, what are you doing? You're well, Gresh just likes that. He, he likes that there's chocolate milk at the at the end of it when you, when you uh, eat the Cocoa. chocolate milk at the beginning like, if you have chocolate milk. Yeah, I was like, just, okay, so just get chocolate I'll, milk I, I will I will be on Gresh's side here. The chocolate milk in the aftermath of Cocoa Pebbles is so much is, different it, it, it than actual chocolate milk. It is very good. And even like, milk. you know, your Cocoa Puffs, like, for example, the first, you know, the, that, that night that, you know, S really hit the fan with COVID, like, you know, Mark, that shot of Mark Cuban standing up in the crowd looking at his phone. And then oh, all the of a Thunder sudden, Tom Hanks. Yeah. My, my roommate and I had just gone to the grocery store right before that because I, I think that was when Glenn had claimed he had a source at the state house saying everything was going to close. <laughs> so I was like, all right, let's just go to the store and just get some supplies. It's going to be anarchy. <laughs> all time. But that's an all time. Course, that's an all time Glenn source together. was I have Ordway saying that he had a source at the state house. It's like, OK, I, I want a name. Don't I'm you be doubt honest. him. <laughs> but we went. I, I just I just bought a crap load of cocoa puffs and i completely used like covid as an excuse to just eat a box of cocoa puffs for every meal sure. in one day everything <laughs> i've read in the sacramento bee and that's where i'm getting most of this information he subscribe state house of the sacramento bee listen that's a good excuse to uh, house four boxes of, of cocoa puffs but i just think of the the dry cereal crowd like you want- cereals, like fruity pebbles yeah. cinnamon toast crunch no actually i got turned off of cinnamon toast but crunch i walking- grew out of it cinnamon toast crunch like that that'll, that'll like it, you know sometimes the pointy part of it golden gram as well will like get stuck in the roof of your mouth you ever had that happen oh before? no you, you're running captain crunch is another one you're, you're really playing with fire i think and that's the, the that's the cocoa mouth. puffs issue as well yeah you're gonna carve up the roof of your mouth even gonna, with milk like yeah you look like jigsaw's face by the end yeah. of it. But that's my question is are you walking around with like a bag of cheerios like those are the people as if you're oh, an adult yeah those people in high school that would bring in like a bag of cheerios and just be like eating it with their hand their hands are like nasty that and they're, t- they're so touching much pencil. more unsettling than Ugh. anybody that ever looked at a cow and said, I bet there's some liquid in there that I could get and, the- and pasteurize and make into a delicious drink. Those people with the, you, I think that happened you, originally. you Cheerio people with your bags, you scare the hell out of me. Was someone carrying a sword and like tripped and accidentally cut open a cow and a bunch of milk came oh, no, out? They were like, oh, wait a minute. To, according to Megan, they looked at the cow and, and said, well, I'm just going to suck that udder. <laughs> Don't save that. And, and that's how milk was formed. That was I clean, I think. All right, welcome to the WEI Producer Show. We're here until 9 o'clock, I think, and the Ken and Carter Show follows us either in studio or at Family Park. We'll find out. I love uh, Come up here at 8.55.
Uh, I think one of the most important sound bites of the week uh, is a two-part from Tommy Curry. Was, Ryan, was what Ryan just said? Yes, of course, that one. <laughs> I love Utter. The Utter's take, which I will not be repeating. There's two parts from Tommy Curran that I thought was really interesting, which you can find them all throughout the week on Gresham Keeve. Used to be on Mud at night. We stole them from Mud, of course. Sorry, Mud. Uh, we stole them from Mud, so we now have Curran, what, at 4.30 on Thursdays? Yep. 4.30 on Thursdays. Uh, Tuesdays, right, with you with uh, Gresham Keeve. High noon, yep. High noon. Um, so Curran had a lot of really good stuff uh, this week, source stuff. And this was an opinion that I thought that he threw out that I actually agreed with, and I might even take it a step further. This was Curran on uh, Merloni Fourier Mego. He was asked about Robert Kraft's confidence, which if I were to ask you guys what your confidence on a 1 to 10 scale, we'll hear what Curran's opinion is, but what is your opinion on a 1 to 10 scale in Robert Kraft's confidence in the level of Bill Belichick's ability to run the organization? I would say like a 5. What would you guys throw that? I'd say... I think a little higher than that. Uh, I, maybe I'd put it like a seven, but I don't even really think that part matters because I agree with the second half of Curran's answer, which was 6.4 and waning. I think the and waning is a is a major part of that as well. Uh, but I don't think it's going to actually ever cause Robert to do anything yeah. about it. But no one would disagree. It's it's falling, right? Everyone says it's falling. Like yeah. you had a, a bad off season. It's like a waning. It's like a waning crescent. I, I think no the, playoff wins recently. I, I think when the season started, I think when you go back to March and you listen to Bill uh, Robert Kraft talk about, you know, he's he's not necessarily straight line, but we've had a lot of success here. I think it started as a ten. I think it's been a ten for a long time, and I don't think it's just until the last, you know, wouldn't month a ten and be a half. Wouldn't that tend to be like a post-2018 Super Bowl win? Like that 19 season with Brady the final year? That would be where you're at a 10. I, you I lose with Brady, you let him walk, you have no playoff wins. And like, how do you have it? Wouldn't it be like, I, what, like I, a 9 I don't or an 8? Making the playoffs with Mac Jones, though, in What's his rookie year is, is a pretty... Is, that's not, that's not, that shouldn't just be forgotten either. So the rebuild is complete. No, 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 no. no I'm, no, I'm no, not no, saying no, that. No. I'm saying... It's a step in the right your, direction. Your question is Robert Kraft's faith on a scale of 1 to 10 and Bill Belichick to run this organization, I think, has staunchly been... A, a strong 10. And I think that Bill Belichick could go to Robert Kraft in 20, after 2020, after Cam Newton, and make the argument and say, listen, this is the plan for this team the next three or four years, and this is what we have to do. And yes, unfortunately, it does involve you opening up the checkbook and paying for some positions because we have not drafted well. I think Robert Kraft, when Robert Kraft is saying, you, you know, you went through the draft and we haven't been able to do that recently, I think he's comfortable saying that because I'm sure that's a conversation that him and Bill Belichick have had behind closed doors. But let's hear what, what Tom Curran has to yes, say before here's we really Tommy unpack Curran. this. I think it's 6.4 hmm. and falling. I mean, he's not going to stand there in front of the media and make comments last year about the draft and it, that it had to be better and that he liked to see the collaborative prof, process and that happening. And then the two guys who were very involved in it, Elliot Wolf and Dave Ziegler, are elsewhere. Excuse me, Wolf might still be here. Excuse me, uh, Matt Crow. But he's not going to stand there and lament the production that they didn't get from players in 2021, say that we're going to get more production from them this year, and then have – guys who aren't even sure which end of the crayon to hold when they're drawing up plays <laughs> in charge of them. It's not <laughs> that is mean. <laughs> I forgot about it. It's not <laughs> like that was such a good line. It's not like Patricia can color between the he lines needs anyways. Some milk. See that's a he needs some milk. And yes, I, it is. I think when you listen to Tom, I think he is right on the nose. So when I say it probably had been a ten all along but then when Robert Kraft starts to look around and starts asking questions that might be a little more difficult to answer going into the season as opposed to answering those questions going into last season. I think it's 6.4. And I think and falling. It's it's tough 
if you're Bill Belichick to answer the question like, okay, Josh McDaniels did really, really well here. He was doing really well with Mac Jones, and now he's out the door. What's your plan after that? Is it Joe Judge? Is Joe Judge the long-term answer? There isn't a answer? plan. Why is Matt Patricia doing 5,000 different things for this front office? Why Why does nobody have a title? Why are, you know, why haven't we been able to draft? I think the questions that might have been easily explained by the coaching side of Bill Belichick are becoming more difficult to answer. And unfortunately, as Bill said, going into the year, that's Bill's fault. John. One of the another report that came out this week was from Albert Breer, and it was that Bill Belichick apparently did not pursue Bill O'Brien. And uh, the question for you guys is, is there some arrogance to this and some arrogance that they were just going to immediately be fine and everyone's going to want Bill O'Brien? The report was that Belichick did not pursue Bill O'Brien because he thought Bill O'Brien would only last a season and then get another head coaching job. Oh, that's the truth. You oh, as so? far as Bill O'Brien getting a job I, after a year, I, I believe that. I believe that's 100% the case. That There's there's no reason. Do you Bill think the o- offense would have been so good in its first year and the Patriots would have been so successful that teams would have been fawning after Bill O'Brien? No, no, and no, keep, no. In, keep in mind, in a year where there doesn't – this this is shaping up to maybe be a year where there aren't a ton of head coach openings next year. It feels like there's only going to be maybe two or three. Well, I would say look at it from Matt uh, – not Matt Patricia. Don't even look at it from Matt Patricia's perspective. That's really hard. Uh, look at it from Bill O'Brien's current perspective. He's playing with Bryce Young, probably the most uh, offensively talented group in the nation, the group he's, he's coaching in the Alabama Crimson Tide offense. They're going to go undefeated, and they're going to play in the national championship game, or at least in the Final Four, um, in, in that Final Four spot. Um, and so it's kind of like a, kind of like a foolproof. He, it's a win-win situation. Like, there's no way that he's not going to be one of the hottest coaching candidates in this upcoming offseason. Well, well, the, well, the, the point the, is being well, that up, wouldn't happen though because he would be the Patriots' OC this year, right? So, what, why would you take the Patriots' OC position when you know oh, that so you're, you're no saying matter he what, you're saying he wouldn't have been interested in it? I think that he wasn't interested. It wasn't Belichick's choice. I think Belichick okay. saw that there's no reason that that Bill O'Brien would ever take it. So why would I waste my time pursuing it? He brought him in to what he was at some of the summer camp workouts. He was at summer practices. Uh yeah, in uh, yeah, I think he was. He was hanging around the facility but for what reason my theory is that bill belichick or the crafts told him hey bill's not walking away anytime soon or we can't guarantee that he's going to be bill, bill belichick's successor so why would bill o'brien take the patriots oc position if he's not guaranteed long-term security as the next guy after bill he's not coming here to I know, be the if, OC. They if they didn't do that for josh they're not doing it for bill O'Brien. exactly so why would he come here to be the oc he don't only come here to be the next man in line he could be the oc and then take over after bill leaves but that's not happening anytime soon he didn't receive that assurance. I, hope, I hope jonathan just sends all the belichick confidants yeah. on a viking funeral after after Belichick, yeah. I don't. I don't want. I don't want it to be anyone that has anything to do with the previous era. Yes. Yeah, so therefore, that's why I believe that Bill O'Brien's in Tuscaloosa coaching college football offenses because it's a win-win for him rather than be here in a lose-lose situation. Like, it, it I know where have, he doesn't have to like recruit or anything like that. Imagine the narrative right now if Bill O'Brien's coaching this offense, Ryan. Well, that's the thing. If if you you would have you're you're running under the assumption that if Bill O'Brien is here that he would even have the title of offensive coordinator in the first place. Oh, Bill O'Brien would. I I, I don't think that that is such an obvious thing. If nobody on the staff has any titles whatsoever, yeah, but it's Bill O'Brien. I don't think. I, I think I he's think I think he's fairly above all of them. I. I, I disagree. I, I could not see him or anybody getting any sort of title here, which is you say arrogance. You know, was it arrogance on the part of the Patriots for, for not doing that in the first place, for not bringing in an outside source, even though Bill O'Brien was here? I feel like I would be gaslighting people if I'm like, yes, 100% it was done out of arrogance. I think Bill Belichick looked at what he had and what he needed. Arrogance as in Bill passed because he thought he'd be fine? Exactly. Okay. I, yeah. I, I, 
I just I can't subscribe to that. Like as as much as I can't understand what the plan was going into this season, I'm assuming there was one. And this isn't me trying to explain away and go, no, 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 it's a good plan. I still don't know what the deal is. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to find out what the deal is. Like as we we get through this hour of the show, like the the Matt Patricia thing is specifically really, really scratching my mind. And I start to think big picture of what this team might look like a couple years down the road if Bill Belichick is still at the helm or not and what he has set this team up to be and how many of the Bill Belichick confidants that, I'm sorry, what would you say, a Viking funeral? Yeah. Uh, are actually still going to Set be all of them on fire with arrows. That's what I oh, want to Oh, is that what we them. do? We put them in a yeah. long boat and we... Except they're still alive. They're not, are they, is, that, is that how they're... Are they, are they giving that treatment to the Queen this week? No, they're they're saying you can't uh, lock, lock your bikes up on a bike rack in in uh, in the UK because of the the death. Do you see that? Really, the Queen passed away, and they're like, "No, is it bizarre? What because if it, of uh, a time of mourning? Please do not lock up uh, lock up your bikes in the bike rack." Sporting events. What, yeah. what if over here we had just this rack of black suits and uh, you know dresses for Courtney and Mego? That if somebody in this country died. We had to go over and change into those and then get on Twitch where, like, all of the, the British presenters had to do. That's bizarre. Oh. They, they just have suits, like, that fit all of them just waiting there at the place and at their studios in case the Queen dies. And then the second that they do whatever the call was, the, uh, like, London Bridge has fallen, I think is, like, the code word uh-huh. that goes up. That's like, the Queen's about to die. They all have to go over and switch into those and get oh, on. Oh, I'm not doing that. And they all have to, and then they all have to, like, praise her and not bring up colonialism For the Twitch audience, no chance. I know we're up against the break. You watched UFC 279. Did yes, you, I did. Did you see last weekend when they put up, like, the uh, RIP, like, in memory of the Queen? Yeah. And the crowd, you know, where was that? UFC 279. Was, you remember where it's at? It was in Las Vegas. It was in Las Vegas. So, a very, I don't want to say a MAGA state, but a little red state and they started chanting usa they us booed. and they booed they the queen of the town <laughs> i couldn't understand a lot of the platitudes that were oh. going on like i heard the rock made like a two and a half minute video and i'm like man you used to be cool and now you're sending your mana wow, over to the royal family like i'm not upset that she's dead but i'm not <laughs> going to sit there when they show a picture of Queen Elizabeth II, I think. You know, we would ask for your memory. Boo, you suck! We won. USA! No, that's insane behavior. Yes, I did see that. Those are my fight people. Uh, This hour of the producer show is brought to you by the cleanup and restoration specialist at ServPro. Call 1-800-SERVPRO. John Anderson has the best trending you've ever heard in your life. It is up next on WEI. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball... 
your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. WEEI. We are right back to the WEEI Producers Show. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Back here on the WEI Producer Show, brought to you by the Cleanup and Restoration Specialist at Pro. Call 1-800-SERVPRO. John Anderson, Ryan Garvin, Tyler Devitt, back on WEI. Ken and Curtis follow us coming up at 9 o'clock. Uh, some quick text here. This show sucks. Uh, John Anderson's trash. Oh, I mean, like, you spell my name right? They, yes, they actually, no, no, they didn't. Oh, they didn't. If you're going to rip John Anderson, please spell his name right. You can call him whatever you want, but just spell his last name it's correct. An, oh, it's, end, it's right? two E's. Oh, it's two, two E's. Oh, okay. E at the end. Yeah. E at the beginning. Uh, back here on the W. Two S's, one Y, but it's not where you think. Back in the Bruce. Uh, one more text here. Problem with the Patriots. See, now I agree with the texter. <laughs> Problem with the Patriots. They need everything to go right to win. They are not good enough to overcome a missed call like that pass interference last week on the first drive. Uh, isn't that uh, obvious? The Dolphins game. Yeah. So no- oh, yeah. Nothing's changed with the Patriots, who were never built to come from behind last year. Clearly still not built to come from behind. I don't know if they ever will be with Mac Jones because he's not that, you know, he's not a Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert type of guy, which Justin Herbert never completes comebacks. He just kind of keeps them close and, and breaks it within ribs. a field goal and breaks ribs. And everyone says how gutty he is, but he's actually overrated. We'll get to that another day. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, so there's a take. Justin Herbert's overrated. No, Justin uh, Herbert's not so overrated. So going back to uh, this upcoming week, what did you guys think of the week one where Kendrick Bourne played Two was it two snaps? Was it three snaps? Uh, it was two snaps. Immediate and I think impact. One on special teams. Immediate impact. So maybe three total snaps. Uh-huh. Bizarre, right? What was your instant reaction to it? Did you think it was disciplinary, practice related? Troy Brown said he didn't have the offseason he had last year. What did you talk it up to initially? I mean, uh, immediately you tie it in with what happened before with with the fight. Uh, in practice leading up to the Carolina game, I right. believe it was. Yep. So you figure that it, there must be some disciplinary issue tied in with that. And then you, and then obviously, you know, around here, every time there's a benching, we tie it back to Malcolm Butler. and We just prepare ourselves for them to say like, oh, he wasn't in the game plan, which is basically what they did. And then uh, Mike Giardi had the source who said that Kendrick Bourne was aware this week that he was not, uh, he was basically not a part of the game plan. But then obviously we get to Tuesday at 12 and Tommy Curran came on with us. Um, Nick, do you got this ready? Yeah, I was firing this off. How, what Curran said to us on uh, Tuesday about Kendrick Bourne getting two snaps. I think it's a Patricia thing. I think Kendrick Bourne showed great production last year um, and enthusiasm, and Josh McDaniels got a lot out of him. Just by seeing what transpired in the offseason and speaking to some folks you know, around the situation, I think that from what Albert Breer reported, about Kendrick Bourne not being fully on board with the way the install was going here, looking at his role and seeing it diminish, um, seeing it diminish with two tight ends on the field. Um, There was a meeting prior to the Carolina Panthers game that he was just a smidge late to that I think, you know, I was told that resulted in the benching that night. Um, All of those things I think combined have landed him in Matt Patricia's doghouse. But are we talking about, somebody who's gotten sideways with a particular coach and Belichick wants to give Matt the latitude to make his own decisions on how he proceeds? Or are we talking about a guy who's an active pain in the ass? I don't know, 
but we're looking at a guy whose production and the fact that he was in mothballs on Sunday certainly caught the eye of the owner from what I understand. And I'd be surprised if he stays down for much longer. The fact that Matt Patricia has either had the quote-unquote latitude to have a doghouse or the perception that he does have a doghouse, which maybe Bill Belichick find out, found out like in the third or fourth quarter, wait, why is my, one of my best playmakers not playing? That seems BS to me, that Matt Patricia, of all people, has a doghouse and is willing to sit one of his better playmakers to prove a point. Have some balls if you're going to bench the guy and sit him out for the entire game. Yeah, and, and this, this leads me to what level of authority that Matt Patricia has. If we listen to what if what Tom Curran is saying is on the money, and I don't doubt that, that I mean, he's... No I reason to doubt it, yeah. No, I have no reason to doubt him. I don't understand how I would ever be a Patriots fan and hear the phrase... Player X is in Matt Patricia's doghouse. Is Matt Patricia the head coach? No. Then why does he have the authority to make a decision like that? Not only to bench, you know, what you would think is one of your better skill position players, but as the texter said, this team needs to basically play flawless in order to be in these games, especially if you're going to have points taken off the board. Well, you know what would really help execute the the perfection? Having Kendrick Bourne on the field. If we want to see what Mac Jones is capable of and, and the let Mac Cook crowd is getting louder and louder as we go through the fall, why are you making it more difficult on him? Because Kendrick Bourne goes, um, excuse me, I actually was in the system that you guys were trying to install. I was in it two years ago, and I got some questions. I might actually have a couple of suggestions. And Matt Patricia's going, sit down, stupid. We're playing two tight ends, and your role is getting smaller. Your role is getting diminished. And Kendrick Bourne, I got to give him credit, is really good soldiering this whole thing, and I don't know if I would have He's the saying the right things, but you can you can see right through it. You can but, see but exactly what he wants to say difference. just by looking at him. No, I get what you're saying, yeah. John, but there's a difference between how Kendrick Bourne is going about the issues he's having with him as opposed to, oh, I don't know, let's say Isaiah Wynn. Let's say Trent Brown, who skipped out on his initial media availability and then just, yep, nope, I love the Patriots. Next question. They made a play. Isaiah Wynn, I'm here. Do you want me to repeat my answer? I'm just where they need me to be. And it's so transparent and obvious that those two guys are becoming more and more disgruntled, whereas you look at a guy in Kendrick Bourne and go, I don't understand why you're not playing. So to go back to the the term Matt Patricia's doghouse makes my skin crawl. I don't know. And and I thought that was such an awesome moment that you guys had this week. I thought that was such a big, you did a great job with it, by the way. Big indicator. Oh, Karen, I think yeah. it's yes. an awesome job with it. And I, I social hitting him multiple the, times in the air. It was it was great, especially when we got to uh, you know eight p.m. on NBC Sports Boston, and that's when Curran said it them, and then on on uh, on NBC Sports Boston, and then they put out the the video of him saying the same thing. But we you know we had already cleared sixty seven thousand views on our video. So well, and then I wonder if I wonder if they had, if if Karen was spoken to over there. Okay, like, hey, Tom, maybe save this for here. Well, I, it's it's interesting you bring that up because then Tom Curran comes on with us on Maloney for you, Mega Four Thirty, on every Thursday. You can always uh, subscribe to the Odyssey podcast. Tom Curran earned his check this week. Oh, he had, yeah. I, he he had, had a that great buck. week. But one of the first things we asked him was to clarify that point. And if you listen to what he says in that cut with you guys on Tuesday, it makes it sound like Robert Kraft is like, "What the hell are we doing?" And as he explained it on Thursday, it wasn't really so much an edict, just more of like a, a curiosity. Yeah, no, he said that to us too. Yeah, but I wonder. What is the conversation? 
is Robert Kraft going to Bill Belichick and going, why isn't Kendrick Bourne out there? Oh, and Bill, Bel- Bill Belichick turns around and goes, well, Matt Patricia's bad at He him. missed a meeting and a, month, goes, a, week, a month ago. He and goes back to his booth. How does that happen? How does, how does, I'm sorry, Robert Kraft, and I don't know how much you want your owner to be meddling in the affairs of the football Zero. team. And Never. Robert Kraft does not, historically has not done that. He has more of a, you know, kind of like a fatherly relationship with these players. Mm-hmm. You know, he's all hugs and kisses, and you were really great out there today. And it's sweet and nice and whatever. But I can't see him as the guy, you know, having somebody kick in Belichick's door and say, we got to have a talk. No. But what is the conversation like? Okay, so he's not out there because Matt Patricia's unhappy with him. So oh, no. you're giving all that authority to Matt Patricia to make these wholesale decisions about what the offense is going to be, and you only score seven points. That got that has to stop. Well, so whether whether he's meddling or not, which I think we all agree that he that he doesn't meddle. No, we do agree that like he is filled in on decisions, like what we're thinking. Yeah. Not not necessarily like oh you know we're we're signing this third D tackle to like the practice squad, not stuff like that. But in the off season, he was kept in the loop on as far as what they were thinking at offense. Of coordinator at play money calling. On this guy. At, You're not playing. Yeah, like and you know, he is the one writing stuff. the check. So he yeah, you know, see he is filled in on stuff like that. And that's why I think it's very interesting that and you know, so the tight ends coach Nick Cayley, way back when we were talking about def- uh when we were talking about who should call plays, that was my guy. I said, Nick Cayley is he's a tight ends coach. Having to coach tight ends, you need to know a lot more about different offensive positions, and they they tend to learn a lot about schemes. He's a John Carroll guy. Of he's, course. He's cut from the same cloth as a McDaniels, as a um as a Nick Casario, and he was blocked from interviewing from Elliot the Raiders. Wolf. So clearly uh, Elliot Wolf. So clearly Belichick does not want Nick Cayley leaving the Patriots system, mm-hmm. but for some reason he does he also doesn't want Nick Cayley as his offensive coordinator yet. So if when in those offseason meetings when you know when when they're going through the thing and he's telling Kraft like, "Oh, you know, we're bringing back Patricia and Judge, like we're keeping Nick here no matter what." Uh, you know, I don't think he's ready to call plays yet. So, and we already have Kraft sort of like, and we'll see Sunday if Kendrick Bourne has a little uptick because maybe it's not an edict, but maybe Belichick and especially Patricia sees that and is like, all right, we got to play the guy more. If we get to November, mid-November, and the Patriots are two and nine or two and seven, whatever the math would be for how many weeks away that is, uh-huh. and the offense still can't run a play. Is, is is Kraft gonna slight gonna going to slightly maybe suggest not an edict like, hey you you blocked this kid from interviewing, you know there's a history of tight ends coaches around the league. He's seeing Arthur Smith as a head coach now who like maybe will actually like use play action unlike Matt Patricia who will maybe actually like motion their receivers. Just you know th- we're two and nine. We're gonna have the eighth overall pick and you're gonna draft a tackle anyway. So just have just have him call plays. Have him call plays. He knows the system, and then him, you go into next year hit, hitting the ground running. At least have him shadow the guy that's calling yeah. plays and not have you know Billy Yates around for one half and then send him up to the booth or having Joe Judge and, and Brian Hoyer and Mac Jones powwow. Have have uh, you know Nick Cayley being on the process as well. Tyler, you had a point. Uh, I totally forgot about it because now we're talking about firing the offensive coordinator, <laughs> yeah. which, by the way, they're not going to Nick Cayley in season. That'd, no. be, an, that'd be an they off-season could, they, move. They could switch play caller because he's not the offensive coordinator, doesn't oh. have the title. It's not as big of a deal. I would, bet you, that I way. would bet you any sort of money there's zero chance he would ever be considered an in-season play caller plan B. That's going to Bill Belichick. I don't think Bill Belichick would consider that. I think the guy who's writing the checks would consider so that. My theory is that the reason there's no OC is obviously potentially related to a budget reason, whatever. I think that's kind of a boring explanation. I think the more sexier explanation is that 
if you don't name an OC, you allow an easier firing, a softer landing for a guy who's you know almost set up to fail as Matt Patricia is. I don't know if he's set up to fail, but you know he's going to fail because Well, you sucks. could also just move him to different responsibilities and have less of an explanation like, as well. In the like, same becoming thing a, like becoming a full-time offensive line coach. Like yeah, he should be doing like that. Yeah, like uh, yeah. So you don't you don't fire him as offensive coordinator. He remains in the exact same role he's doing now with no real official right. adjustment. But, but part of part of my Belichick takes like, over. Uh, you know part of my scare with with Nick Cayley, and you mentioned Justin Herbert being overrated. Yes. Uh, and this does tie in, believe it or not. Justin Herbert, I also have reservations last year about the Chargers. I said they wouldn't make the playoffs. This year, I think they will because they're just too good not to. They have a dumbass of an offensive coordinator, Joe Lombardi. And, and do you know where their you know where their GM went to college? Uh, is, this, is it Tom Telesco still? Tom Telesco, you know whose college roommate was, and you know where he went to college. I'm going to say he was uh, no, fill me in. John Carroll and his college roommate was Josh <laughs> McDaniels. You, do you Nick, think Nick Cayley won't be on their short if their offense sputters again down the stretch and they don't let they do the thing again where they just don't let Justin Herbert throw deep for the last two months of the season and that dude gets fired finally? You, you don't think Nick Cayley's going to be on their short list? He he will be. There's such you, you a gotta, nepotism you, problem you, in the you gotta, NFL. You gotta up. You you have to up his responsibility before this offseason hits, or else he's going to see that and be like, "Why would I stay here with Mac Jones and a bad offensive line when I can coach, go coach Justin Herbert with Rayshon Slater and Zion Johnson and all these receivers, and with a guy who went to the same college as me yep. uh, as the GM." So us three here seems like we have no faith going into Sunday about this being a sexy game. The Patriots say, offense getting, breaking out. Getting back to the main idea, are we going to see Kendrick Bourne play more than two snaps on, oh, yes. on Sunday? Yes, and this and this cut we're going to play right now from Friday yesterday confirms to me this was disciplinary and that Bill Belichick probably not getting his way. Matt Patricia probably not getting his way. The two guys that are are Kendrick Bourne and Robert Kraft. Here's uh, born yesterday with the media. Kendrick, uh, any indication, you know, this week, maybe a little bit more action for you? Uh, yeah, just, uh, yeah, I've been practicing, been in, been in that role, so uh, just ro- rotating, you know, just waiting to go in. Do you, feel, good, do you feel like you're getting closer to giving the coaches what they're looking for? Yeah, yeah, feeling better. That role in practice, is it similar to what you were in last week in practice? Uh, yeah, kind of the same thing. You know, just rotate, going in when they call me in and just playing the plays that I'll get in. How would you feel about your practice this, this, uh, this week? Feel better. Feel better. Feel a lot better. Um, healthy. Uh, just moving well. And uh, just, just want to do everything right that I'm supposed to do. So he expects to play more, but yet his role in practice hasn't changed since the previous week. Doesn't that confirm to you that it was disciplinary? I get an ice cream headache listening to this and try trying to formulate like what was the conversation with Kendrick Bourne? There, I don't think and there Matt was one. Patricia and Bill Belichick that led to last Sunday that's been going on all of this week in practice. Like you need him out there. I'm sorry, but you it it makes no sense why he's not playing. This team is not good enough for Bill Belichick to pull like the Wes Welker routine and go, no, 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 we're going to punish you because I don't like what you're doing and you're going to learn the hard way, young man. This is what happens. And you're not that good. Hey, Pete, they said I got to come off the bench. It's ridiculous that you're not putting him out there, that you're actively making Mac Jones' life more difficult than it needs to be. He has to be out there. You don't have time, Montgomery. Your your other skill positions, I mean, are are shaky yep. at times. But do you want some good news? 
Yes, we are. I think we are 17, 18 days away from the Celtics preseason opener. Bruins preseason opener next Saturday against the Flyers. Yeah. Prospects challenge last night. And the season opener is what, October 15th? So it's less than Uh, a month away? Yeah, something like that. Well, when this team starts 0-4, boy, I can't wait. We're going to be in here and frigid cold. The sun won't be up. My car windshield will be We'll be, be watching Bruins hockey, though, man. You know what's Talking a shame, though? about the first line and, oh, you see, you see last Taylor night? You see, what happened? you see what happened to the Prospects no, Challenge last, last night, Ryan? The Prospect Bruins challenge went challenge. down 3-1. Mark McLaughlin oh. hits our guy Fabian Lysel on a shorty. Absolutely rips a nip. I Big comeback. Mark Johnny McLaughlin. Beecher with the game-winning goal. Wait, oh, he, ripped an, he ripped too? a nip? Yeah. Like, nip. he, like, oh, opened up no. a nip like, on the eye. Like, I've never heard that phrase before. He sniped. He sniped. I've never heard ripped a nip. Yeah, what ripped am I a nip, doing? top cheddar. Have what, you ever heard that? What is ripped a nip? I don't know. What's bar south? Why isn't Kendrick? Nick Latane, you're from good, here. Hit that good Gouda in the, the top shelf. Rips where Mama I still don't cookies. understand why Kendrick Bourne didn't play. Is if you rip a nip, that means like I, I, I don't just know like why Malcolm Butler didn't totally oh, slam that nip. Really of, like, the what if the Patriots didn't tomorrow? trade Jimmy G to the Niners? Oh, I need the Patriots to win tomorrow. Did you know Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard? I'm looking at the future. First, Hogan played the cross. All right, let's take a break here in the Bruce. Ryan Tannehill was a receiver. Right back to it. The WEEI Producers Show on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Back on the WEI producer show, Ryan Garvin, John Anderson, Tyler Devitt. The one hour we are allowed to talk on the air to keep hope that we actually have a future here at the station. Uh, the WEI producer show is brought to you by the cleanup and restoration specialist at ServPro. Call 1-800-SERP. Is not true? <laughs> no, I've been good. asking, you're good. You're good. I've been asking for more time on, on the station for us for a long time. We're never going to get it. No, we have uh, to share this. Time. I was five minutes late once in uh, five years working here, though, Tyler. So yep, screwed. tanked us. This hour of the show is brought to you by the cleanup and restoration specialist at Serpro. Call 1-800-SERPRO. Um, I don't know where your guys' confidence is in the Patriots. It can't be overwhelmingly confident, but you could still obviously bank a case that they're going to win. The overwhelming confidence we're hearing from Pittsburgh might be a little bit unsettling if you're a Patriots fan. I'm not really sure why you have Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback, but mm-hmm. Ryan Clark on GetUp was talking about the confidence he has. He obviously played for the Steelers against Brady in all those years, but now this year's matchup, he's really confident going into this one. I'm feeling so good right now about <laughs> these Pittsburgh Steelers versus the New England Patriots. It's a feeling I never had when I was in, in Pittsburgh because they always had Tom Brady. Guess what? They ain't got it no more. And go figure. Go figure this, right? The guy coaching for the Patriots now kind of looked like the guy that got fired from Cleveland back in the day, and I'm happy about it. I am absolutely <laughs> ecstatic. So Ryan Clark's never been more confident. Here's Sal Palantoni of pretty much the same message, uh, 93.7 in Pittsburgh on the afternoon show with Andrew Filipponi saying the Steelers are a home underdog. How does that happen? I think it's an insult to the Steelers organization that the Patriots would be two-point favorites in the home opener if the Patriots lost and the Steelers won in the fashion in which they did win. I mean, sure, there's question marks about the Steelers team, but betting against a Mike Tomlin coach team in its home opener, uh, a one and O team. I just don't get it. I really don't. Now I'm not putting my dollars in this game, but I would put them if I had any um, on the Steelers money line. I think we the were Steelers listening to the Patriots radio broadcast. Uh, the Patriots don't the majority do that. Of the first half. Patriots never cheat. Uh, I think the Steelers win 24-20. I think it's kind of a higher scoring game, not as ugly as everyone thinks it is. The Steelers can actually move the ball decently. They're not this anemic offense like the Jaguars were four years ago with Chad Henney. Like this is not a 
you know, miserable offense. It's not great. It's not even good or league average. I, I, I do think I do think Trubisky is somebody that Belichick could probably f with, and they don't have a great offensive line. Love that's that. part, you know, that's part of the that, whole. That's, that's part of the whole. That's part of the whole thing. With it. Yeah. They didn't have a good one. They never go to line last year. They made some changes, but they didn't really like drastically improve it that much. And supposedly, that's part of the reason why they're not just playing Kenny Pickett is because they don't want him to get killed right off the bat. But like you, like so, you have uh, you know Patriots defense looks like it might be pretty good this year. I, I think they should be able to uh, mess with Trubisky a little bit. Although it is worth noting, last time the Patriots played Trubisky was in 2018, and he scrambled all over them during that. Uh, and I feel like that's always been the thing with the Patriots. Oh yeah, the they're, Patriots they're defense so too is that like quarterbacks. quarterbacks who can <laughs> oh, wait, scramble. No, uh, it's 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 been maddening yeah. over these years and then you know third and longs against uh ryan fitzpatrick's bills and scrambling quarterbacks are something that uh the patriots defense has never really been able, been able to handle but um you know you flip to the other side no tj watt for the steelers obviously and uh i, I forget who put this out there I, i'm sure they're listening intently right now and I, i'm sorry that i'm getting your name i'm getting your name wrong and not remembering it was you when tj watt misses games they up they up the blitz uh percentage on defense there in pittsburgh and they, they got a couple dogs there obviously cam hayward alex highsmith is a young guy he's a third year player and he he's really uh, come along as well so it, it i i kind of feel like both offenses are going to be messed with i i disagree tyler i think it's gonna be a lower scoring game i'm, I'm thinking like uh like a thirteen to ten, maybe even like oh. a six, like a sixteen to like you know, like oh. just trading trading field goals if you if you even get a uh, get close enough. I think if if the a Patriots, so what does a Patriots win looks like? I think a Patriots win looks like uh, you're going to hear a lot of Christian Barmore, you're going to hear a lot of Devon Godchow. Uh, it's going to be the line beating up on uh, what what we have been told is a suspect O-line for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And maybe you get to see a little more man-to-man mm-hmm. uh, in the secondary if I can really football Jones you to death here for a second and actually make their, their skill position players work. Although apparently Chase Claypool was the next coming to Rob Gronkowski, so I'm going to be very interested to see the what, X, lucky, Z, vertical routes. what lucky duck <laughs> gets that assignment. Uh, but I don't think that that is actually going to come to fruition. I think that the Steelers defense, and this is something Christian brought up constantly this week, that uh, the reason Pittsburgh looks so good against ben- the Bengals is that they play them twice a year. And I just do not buy that. Uh, that seems At too all. simple. That's At too all. simple. Because if that's the case, then why do the Patriots historically always suck against the Dolphins in Miami? If they, they play them, they're there every year. They should know what to expect, right? right? And so no. the inverse is, why are the Jets Stupid. so bad against the Patriots? Because they play twice a year? No, the Jets just stink, no, every, year. They stink every year. I think that point is crap. I think the, the Steelers defense, I thought, was really, really good against the AFC representatives in the Super Bowl and Joe Burr. And I am looking for them to do the same. I think Minka Fitzpatrick has a big game. I have a score probably around what we saw what the Dolphins game last week, seventeen uh, to seven. He's too gapping, and you're getting the benefit. They're moving him outside. Oh, so. It's like things have never changed. But I, I yes, see no. it's gonna be Steelers defense probably putting up just as many points on the board as Steelers offense, and I think that once again, uh they're going to make it difficult on Mac, and and we're going to be sitting going, man, Chet Brown, you're going to have another fake injury maybe, or you know Isaiah Wynn, maybe we think about flipping you guys, and I think that the suspect Patriots line is going to uh, get Mac killed. So yeah, I have the Steelers taking this one. I have look, just just put it out there, zero and four. 
guys. 0-4 seems likely, I think likely, they're going to start 0-4, and, and, and it's not like I'm rooting for the demise of the Patriots, but I sat here back in May and said, I don't think this team is very good, and it's going to be a slog of a year. And if we get through it, we'll have a nice high draft pick and money for the next year. But until then... Oh, boy, it's going to be rough watching this team. Isn't this, like, really the only winnable game in the next three? I know you have your home opener next week against Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, they, but always, they always play the Ravens well, yeah, though. Yeah, they, they, they beat the Ravens. Who, 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 who is they? The Patriots. Who, are these the Patriots of old? Uh, well, two years Bill ago Belichick in 2019. There yeah, there's some, similar, there's some similar players the, on the team. The, the Dare I say they're the now better. They're, well, they're better now than they were in 2019, and they, they always scheme it up well against the, uh, the Ravens. This year's Patriots defense is better than 19's defense? Or, sorry, 20's defense. I mean, wasn't that Boogeyman 2.0? Sure, they were all that washed. That game was also in a monsoon. And no, that was, the, no that, was the, that was the Cowboys game. No, nope. Lamar Jackson, at the end of the game, he was playing in a monsoon. Okay, uh, but they still... So what happened the, uh, at the beginning of the game, in the middle of the game? Well, it was raining. Not the entire time. I don't know. I just I just can't use Who the cares? the Patriots. And even if it was raining, I don't care. It's rain. They're professional football they, players. They, they, they play in the rain. The before. point. Look, you schemed I, them I, up well. You beat them. They, I understand they, what he's saying, Tyler. I think the point is that you know even with the Cam Newton Patriots, they were able to to beat John Harbaugh. But no, I agree with what you're saying. Is that this is probably the most winnable game on the slate? I don't think it's an insult, Sal Pal, that they're two and a half point underdogs at home because no. they have as. Uh, Mike Thomas said, they are all, we are also a team in transition, and we will have to work as hard to get every blade of grass, and it's going to be two trains off the track. Get yeah, that's field. where they are. The Steelers are in a very similar position. The only difference is I don't know if if their guy coming up is as good as your guy coming up. I feel a lot better about Mac you know, Jones. And yes, they are, but they are better than the 2019 defense, too. The 2019 oh, Patriots God. defense is like one of the most overrated Wrong. defenses of the last decade. Are Wrong. we done? They went 9-0 and playing against Sam Darnold. This defense doesn't have a J.C. Jackson, a Stephon Gilmore. Yeah, J.C. Jackson also vastly overrated. He's like He's like AFC Trayvon Diggs. You're not basing it off the Thursday game, No, I'm basing game, it off of how people were never afraid to go at him. I mean, he's he got burned on that Thursday night game because he wasn't playing impressed man. And he gave up like, yeah, I don't, a bomb. I don't, I don't care about that game. I'm talking about with the and, Patriots. All this and he's better than everyone here. He's better than Jalen yes, Mills. Yeah, that one that one guy is, but that whole, front seven, boogie, that whole front seven boogeyman. Do you remember the quarterbacks that they played that season in 2019? The roster was so much better defensively. Younger Dante Hightower. The, younger the, the offenses McCourty. that they were playing could not run plays. Thank you, Nick LePan. Thank you. And our time is up. Oh, our our one-hour allotment of time is up. And Jordan that is the that is the WEI producer show. If you're just now joining us in your car, hit the Odyssey app or the on-demand section of WEI.com. Uh, we are here every Saturday, Skip eight to nine a.m. Seconds of the show, though. Ken and Curtis are next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend four point four hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.